Cool. So we're going to start this all over again. First, go to HankStrange.com. That's the thing. Go there. That's how you support us. Uh, we have an email list. We can tell you all the different ways that you can support the channel here. Um, HankStrange.com is the place to go. You can find out about Lola's deals, daily deals, all that kind of thing. Also, go to Ballistic Inc. That's our merch store. And uh, we have the, the uh, Gun Nerd shirts that are out, as well as, like, the logo shirts. We've got a new Blaster logo that's out there. You guys can go check that out. As well as Lot Lau, which stands for Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded, which is this channel. So everyone can go check that out. All right. I think we got that out of the way. I know I'm waiting for folks to find us here that we started this all over again. So I will drop the open right now for the people that we have out there. If you don't mind, help me out. Smash the thumbs up. Share this. Tell people that you know that we started a whole brand new thing and it's over here. Uh, let me see. Let me start the open. Let's start with that. Welcome Boom. back to the Hank Strange situation. All right. For those of Lifestyle you joining us, make sure you subscribe. Thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And now what did I not press? Pro okay, there we go. All right, so Tig, the way that we do this here, this is your first time. It's not always as crazy as this, I promise you. <laughs> you know, it's not as, I think that John hacked this somehow. Mm. He does that kind of thing. He does that kind of thing. The Venathon is a hackathon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so here's what we do. We do jazz hands here. Before we start the show, just to break the ice. So there you go. Jazz hands. All right. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode, I don't know, I think it's 522 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast. And our special guest is Marshall Tig Washington of My Sister's Keeper Keeper Defense. Wait, did I say that right? My Sister's Keeper yeah. Defense. That's right? It's not. There's not pl plural on the keeper. It's not keepers. No. My there sister's keeper. My sister's keeper. There you go. Defense. She's our special guest. We also have John Crump of GOA slash Ammoland News slash Red Flagging Chuck Schumer on a daily Please. basis. For the New York law to be applied same <laughs> to him the same as it would be applied to anyone else. Absolutely. Or or get rid of it altogether. Mm -hmm. How about that? We can also get rid of it. All right, so there you go. That's who's on with us tonight. Of course, the show is sponsored by Franklin Armory that you can see somewhere just right down there. Franklin Armory. Shout out to those guys. They make binary triggers, lots of other cool stuff. And they also sponsor the show here, help us to uh, keep all this craziness going. It is Friday. You're all here. I've got a reset. I've got a little timer over here that people don't really know about because it doesn't really look like we use a timer, but I actually... Dude, I just, I, st I start it and then I don't pay attention to it at all. All right, so <laughs> um, I think I think we're we're on the road here. All right, let's start off with Tig. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Um, it's Friday, end of the week, so yay. Yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> I know. Thanks for coming on. We've never met, right? Never met we each other. Never met. Okay, so how do we wind up here doing this? I know I've seen you before. I think I've probably seen you on Instagram. Is that like your Yeah, I'm pretty sure media? it was either Instagram or... Pro yeah, probably Instagram. All right, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you and John were talking about some stuff, which I kind of hear. I kind of heard that. But we should probably start all the way at the beginning. Can you tell the folks sure. out there who you are, what you do, how you, how you got into the gun community here? 
Yeah, so uh, I'm an Army veteran. I was in the military, and when I got out, I needed a job, and I ended up working at a gun range in Atlanta. That's when I fell in love with shooting, fell in love with you know teaching, coaching, and being that inspiration for other women who wanted to get into firearms. Um, I am a sexual assault and domestic violence survivor, and that's what prompted me to help women specifically, because I know there's a lot of women out there who are survivors as well, and they need a means of self-defense. And for me, that means is firearms. I'm also a USCCA staff instructor and business development specialist. All right. Very cool. So, wow, there's there's actually a lot of different things going on in there. Yeah. Um, And I know, I, I can't remember exactly what the first question John asked you. I don't know if you can, can you go back that far, John? Can you remember? Yeah, the first thing I asked her was what she did in the military. Yeah, okay, right. So what did you do? Yeah, in the military, I was a military intelligence collector, which uh, is also known as an interrogator. And Mm -hmm. um, so we were talking about, you know, deploying overseas. I didn't want overseas deployment, nothing cool. You know, I did wear civilian clothes and I did carry a handgun while I was deployed, but um, it was a good experience. Okay, very interesting. Uh, how How long did you do that for? I was in the military for seven years. My deployment was 10 months long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't aware that people are in the military. Are going to lock up or? Huh? Oh, sorry. Oh. Right, it, yeah. Yeah, Tig, actually, if you don't mind, like, I'm going split screen sometimes, so you might have sure. to center yourself a little bit. I don't okay. know if you could, yeah, because, yeah, we definitely don't want to cut you off here in the, in the screen. Okay, so there you go. So I wasn't, I, I didn't realize that people were in the military and deployed but didn't wear a uniform. How does that work out exactly? Yeah, there's certain jobs like uh, human intelligence collection where it just makes more sense to be in civilian clothes and kind of fit in with the locals um, as much mm-hmm. as possible. I was in a semi-permissive environment. Um, actually, I would say it's a permissive environment. I was in the Balkans. And that's, you know, comprised of like Kosovo and Serbia, that area Um, used to be Yugoslavia. So that's where I was. And, you know, it's Eastern Europe. So you just dress the part and fit in and talk to people and get information. Okay, very interesting. Uh, This is this is directions from Lola. I always follow Lola's directions whenever I'm on camera. (laughs) <laughs> whenever people are looking Lola says to like uh, point your camera up or down I think you're using a phone so I don't know if you can yes. do that but your oh. head's getting cut off there you go awesome. oh, there we, yeah. go. we don't want to cut you yeah. sure. uh, I know a lot of in- interrogators like when they go to Afghanistan and stuff like that they take up a local name uh, in the Balkans is that the same I've don't, I don't have any experience with interrogators yeah, um, some people did use different names. Uh, it just kind of depends on what your specific mission is. But, uh, you know, that's it, a part of the job, I guess, is just blending in. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know like in Afghanistan, they will take uh, like a like a uh, an Afghan name or an Arab name. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, some people do. I think most people in my group, they just stuck with some shortened version or some alter you know alternate version of their actual name mm-hmm. um, so we didn't do anything like i said it wasn't anything super cool it's not like james bond you know nothing like that but you know sometimes you don't want to give your true identity to the people you're talking to because you know in this world the internet you're easily found you know so i'm not going to go around telling people my full yeah. first yeah. middle last okay. birthday 
without getting too much into uh, TTP, the techniques, tactics, and which schooling method from interrogation? I know there are some interrogators that try to play up to the people's egos and like they'll discuss like the Quran, like if it's like a, in the Muslim country for a while before they start trying questions. And there's other ones that are which is old school, which is like hard hit, threatening, whatnot. Uh, what school are you in? So when I joined in 2009, all of the army, well, I can't speak to all intelligence, but army intelligence, we were not doing any physical, you know, touching, any torture, any waterboarding, none of that stuff. Um, we found that, you know, what I've been taught is that it's probably the least effective method of getting information from people. So, you know, we we learned alternate methods without having to get physical. Um, for us, that was not our, you know, one of our TTPs at all. Okay. Uh, just to go back over that TTP, what is that? Because uh, John, uh, thank you for showing off. <laughs> you, know, you know all the spook, the the, the spy talk. Congratulations uh, to you. Uh, what uh, what's TTP again? Um, so it's basically your your tactics and your protocols. It's it's how you do things. So the way you do a thing, the way you gather intelligence, to put mm-hmm. it in layman's terms. So yeah. for us, it wasn't torture or physical harm or anything like that it's okay. literally just having conversations with people okay yeah and the uh i know people have some questions out there one i want to shout out uh, franklin armory guys are out there they are sponsoring the show i have no idea if i said that the second time around or not but thanks to franklin armory um so here's my first question that i that i think of uh hearing you talk about this how exactly did you blend in with everyone in the balkans were there a lot of people around that looked like you yeah. No, not a lot of people. And okay. without uh-huh. getting into a lot of detail, there is mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons why a lot of different cultured people would be in the Balkans. So, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, so there's still stuff you can't talk about this, huh? I mean, it, it's just mm-hmm. wise not to. You know, okay. I still have people who are going on rotations over there. I mean, it's not like top secret information. If you want, right. a lot of this stuff is open source. You can mm-hmm. totally Google you know, how to run an army interrogation. Like, yeah. a lot of that stuff is open source. Yeah, so we just don't, we don't want to make it easy for anyone. Okay, <laughs> so uh, feel free if you see anyone out there with questions. John, I did see this question. Um, I think it's American Freedom Outdoors, and Eric Gonzalez seconded the question. Uh, they say, what handgun did you carry when you were in the military? I so carried the Breda 92, and... Okay. Um, I had a leather holster, and it was very uncomfortable, and, you know, that's when I got my first experience carrying a handgun. Um, A lot of people in the military don't get a chance to shoot or carry handguns. Most of us are shooting, you know, ARs, uh, rifles, or the M16, I should say, M16s or M4s. Um, But, yeah, that's what I carried, and um, that's when I learned that I'm a fan of Glock. (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so th- that's uh, that's standard issue, right? It was. Now I think they moved yeah. over to the SIG. Oh, SIG. Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. How, how did you carry concealed? Because you, you don't open carry with the prisoners, and you want to try to keep it on the low key that you actually have a handgun because of uh, reasons. But yeah. how, did, how did you concealed carry it? I carried on my three o'clock just on my hip um, the entire time. It's cold over there most of the year. Well, most of the time I was there, we got there like in the middle of a huge snowstorm in the winter. So 
big jackets, you know, carrying on my hip. It was it was pretty easy. I got used to it after a while. Okay, cool. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna try this again. I don't know if. Let me see. Are you still cutting off? Let's see here. Uh -oh. I'm gonna put all three of us. Yeah, just go a little, a little to the left. Let's see your other left. Your other left. My military left. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good, good. There you go. There you okay. go. See, first of all, nobody out there wants to see me and John. Yeah. <laughs> John's cute and everything. I'm not that good looking, but everyone wants to be able to see you here. So, all right, cool. So that was. So you did that for a while. What did you do? And then you said also you're a victim of um, domestic violence. Was that before or after the military? That was after. So that after. was as I was transitioning out of the military. Uh, it was the end of 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, that's actually how I got into working at a gun range and really falling into falling in love with firearms. I was in an abusive relationship living out in Texas, mm -hmm. and I literally fled the state. I left Texas, came back to Georgia, um, ended up getting back together with an ex who was also in the military. And I was like, hey, I need a job. And one of my army buddies was always saying, you know, if you want a job, I got, you know, a range safety officer position at this gun range. You could always work here. So I went to work at the gun range and literally fell in love with shooting, fell in love with the smell of gunpowder, <laughs> fell in love with being on the range every single day. Mm hmm. Okay, because so, the the uh, the question that comes to mind, knowing uh, someone like yourself, a young woman in the military, right, doing mm -hmm. some undercover stuff, doing it for all this time. When we look at the movies, it says you're supposed to be really badass. Right. How did how did this domestic violence thing um, come about? And I'm not saying like there's badass guys out there that I'm sure that you know if they if they care about someone that person could do I a lot of terrible understand. things to them. Yeah. So I don't okay. know if you I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about that or not. I if do, you don't, I let do. us know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I was conditioned um, just like the most hard badass people that you know you know of can be mentally manipulated. You know, it just takes time and knowing their weaknesses and knowing, you know, what motivates them. Literally anybody can be manipulated. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. It started in the beginning of our relationship. He was perfect, a gentleman, amazing guy, you know, the most amazing man I'd ever met. And then I realized that he was conditioning me to listen to him, um, do my hair how he wanted me to do my hair, dress the way he wanted me to dress. You know, he was priming me to follow orders, basically. Wow. And I didn't realize it, you know. At first, mm -hmm. I thought it was cute. Like, oh, he wants me to wear a dress today, you know. Or, oh, he wants me to wear my hair this way today. And that's cute because he's paying attention. But then it got to a point where if I didn't do the things that he wanted me to do, then he would be angry. And I didn't realize this, that, you know, there was a switch. You know, one moment he would be perfectly happy and everything would be perfect. And then something happened and things didn't go his way and he was a different person. And mm -hmm. I would always... Um, I would always explain away like, oh, well, maybe I just won't press that button or maybe I made him mad or maybe, you know, I triggered him in some way. He came from a hard life and I would just blame myself literally for every time he blew up on me or got mad. And then the physical violence. So that was the mental, you know, and then the physical started happening. It started with just play fighting, you know, little love taps, as people like to call them here and there. And then biting and then it's scratching and then it's pinching and then you know before I realize it he's choking me you know and this is um the norm and that's when I realized like he is taking joy in causing me physical pain I have to get out of the situation wow. and I just up and left wow 
Yeah, that's uh, pretty terrible. Always, uh, I don't know, just for me personally, whenever people are too, there's a line of being nice, obviously, right. being polite. I don't know. When people just are just, uh, how's the best way to put it, deliberately polite and nice all the time, always a, you know. I mean, yeah, definitely a red flag. Yeah. I try to be as terrible as I possibly can. <laughs> you know, just like, and then that way, when you realize that I'm nice, Later on, it's better that way, right? Versus going into it. Um, so you said this was all in Atlanta, right? No, so this actually oh. happened in Texas. I was living in, in San Antonio. Oh, okay. And then left there and moved back to Atlanta. You got out of that situation. Okay. Yeah. Um, so getting out of that, did, did firearms have anything to do with that? Or you just, like, got out of there somehow? I got out. I didn't okay. have a firearm at the time. I didn't okay. own a gun. Um, okay. And I had a gun previously, but I had mm-hmm. sold it when I moved to Texas. I got rid of it, and I wasn't, you know, interested in going to the range in my mind at the time. So I was. This is 2015. I have mm-hmm. no idea how old I was, but okay. in my mind, I was thinking firearms are associated with my military experience. So guns. Mm-hmm. Okay, I carried it while I was deployed, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I could carry or I should carry every single day, you know, stateside. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't associate the two until after that situation happened and I started working at a gun range. Oh, okay. But everyone else carried, you know, it's Texas. So literally everyone else had a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I realize this might be impolite. How old are you now? I am 28 years old. 28. I'm a 91 baby. Awesome. Awesome. Man, the nineties. I think I still have underwears. I still have underwears from the nineties actually. (laughs) You got yeah. <laughs> yeah, good days. I'm just <laughs> um, okay, so um, there's a there's a few things there. So so go just to go back for a second, right? I'm trying to paint a picture here of your life. It seems it seems uh, really interesting to me. To um, so where were you born? Here were you born in the in the Atlanta area or? I was born in Florida. Oh, you were born in Florida. Okay, what part yeah, of Florida? Born in Florida. Uh, Bureau Beach, actually, to Bureau. be specific. Oh, cool. Okay, so you're so you so like your family didn't grow up hunting, shooting, or anything like that. No. Guns aren't something that was part of it. Okay. No, okay. we were taught that guns are bad. Guns are for thugs. I couldn't have toy guns, water guns, hmm. finger guns. No type of gun was allowed in my household. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think a lot of people go through that same thing. Right. A lot of people. Yeah, I remember Lola when she when we first started getting into guns, Lola had that same feeling. Bef- um, I remember she told me after the fir- like the CCW class, she said, you know, I always thought guns were for the bad guys. Right. But this completely um, opened my mind. So when you got out of the military, it just wasn't one of these things that you naturally thought, let me continue this or look into my rights, like Second Amendment and all that kind of stuff wasn't on top no. of the mind. It okay. wasn't on my mind at all. I hadn't thought about it. I mean, mm-hmm. when as soon as I got home from my deployment, a boyfriend of mine at the time, he bought me a gun. So I had one for a few months, but then I didn't go to the range. I didn't shoot with it. I just knew I knew how to use it, but I didn't take mm-hmm. it seriously. Okay. All right. Um, John, feel free to jump in here if you if you have any uh, things, if you have any questions. Okay, so go ahead. Do you, John? No, no, just go ahead. Okay. So, um, so you wound up working in the range in Texas, right? No. So no. <laughs> the domestic violence situation happened okay. in Texas and then I left there okay. and went there to go. Atlanta. Okay. Um, went back to Atlanta mm-hmm. where I've been living before I moved to Texas. I oh, went, okay. uh, working at a gun range there and, um, 
That was December 2015. I started working at the range, fell in love with it. They sent me through some NRA courses. And that's when I knew, like, all right, this is what I have to do. Like, there's nothing else I care about in life but being a firearms instructor. Oh, cool. Is that when you started posting stuff on uh, the Internet, the interwebs? It was later that year. So the, by the end of 2016, I did my first photo shoot. Some of the pictures that you guys can, like, if you Google me, you'll see, you know, me with the the AR, me with the pistols and pointing at the camera. That was the end of 2016. That's when I registered my LLC. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, let's see what's, what, what questions do I have? Someone, okay, Eric Gonzalez says, uh, Tig, since you're a Glock fan, which Glock do you carry? So we'll get that in here. Real sure. Uh, so it depends on the weather, um, but most of the time I'm either carrying my Glock 42 or my Glock 19. Okay. You don't like Glock 43 at all? I had one. I just gave it to a friend as a gift for them to have, but I'll, mm. buy, I'll be buying another one soon. Yeah. I think some folks want to know which gun range in Atlanta. You're not there anymore, but what which gun range was that in Atlanta? It was Quick Shot Indoor Shooting Range is where I worked in Atlanta. Quick Shot. Okay, Quick Shot. I'm trying to think if I uh, I don't know if I ever if I ever went there. Okay, so um, so now where are you? Because so you're not in Atlanta Wisconsin. anymore. It was Wisconsin. No, okay. I'm in West Bend, Wisconsin. It's kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're about. <laughs> We're about 45 minutes north of Milwaukee. So why? How'd you go from how'd you go from Atlanta to Wisconsin? What is happening here? Um, I moved up here to work at the USCCA headquarters. Okay. So okay. I yeah, I got an outside sales rep job uh, with them back in October of last year. Mm -hmm. And you know, honestly, I, I saw my sights, you know, set on training. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being sales, you know, I got to do what I was already doing. I was already telling my students about legal protection. I was already telling them, you know, all this information they needed to have. Mm -hmm. Ended up with the sales job. And then that transitioned into this new staff instructor position and business development specialist position. Okay. I'll into it. How'd you get hooked up with the UFCCA? Did you just see an advertisement or? Yeah, literally when it was like two o'clock in the morning in October, my husband and I, uh, we were separated at the time. We're now divorced. And I was like, I'm going to need a job. You know, we're not going to be together anymore. You know, mm -hmm. other than just teaching my own classes, mm -hmm. went on Indeed, typed in firearms related jobs and found the USCCA. And cool. it was literally random. Yeah, USCCA is a good thing. We, we've had the folks from USCCA here on the show. I do have the insurance. I recommend to people to do it out there. Um, you know, you, you're going to be carrying a firearm. Something happens. You're probably going to be in a legal situation that you're going to have to deal with. So I think it's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> why are you laughing, John? I was reading the comments. Somebody said I look like an Oreo center and uh, before <laughs> yeah. we got <laughs> We already said that before we started this. You're the Oreo. You're, you're the cream. You're the cre you are the cream, John. You're not going to get to the top, right? Yeah. I don't know how many times you're going to hear that in your life, but just enjoy the creaminess. Right. Yeah, cream, cash yeah. rules everything around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It was, you know the uh, vanilla Oreos? I like those better than the chocolate. Yeah, oh, those are really? pretty good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Since great. we're talking about Oreos, how do you guys, what's your method of eating Oreos? Um, I believe you have to separate the two things. One of them has the cream on it. You got to lick all the cream off. Then yes. I usually eat the one without the cream first. Then I get rid of all the cream. Then I eat that one. What's, what's your method? Same. 
Same way. So there you yeah. go. Normal people. What about you, yeah. John? Uh, I don't overthink it. I just stick it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a method. Yeah, it's what is wrong with you? Enjoyable. You savage. You're a savage. You just bite the Oreo just the way yeah, it is? It's proficient. I'm all about proficiency. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Someone didn't teach you right. We're going to have to get you classes on how to eat an Oreo. So uh, you guys can let us know how you got, how you all do it. All right. So you're out in Wisconsin working for USCCA. Awesome. Well, I, I, you know, uh, shout out to those guys. I think that Lola, if, if there isn't a thing, Lola will probably put a link somewhere in the description of this video or whatever if you guys are interested in USCCA. She shared it in the chat. Oh, she did? Okay, look at that. Lola's awesome. Awesome. She's on it. Yeah. So I'm going to just flip back for a quick second here. I carry my revolver in single action. says, how do people who work on ranges daily deal with all that lead? Do they all take precautions? I know you're not working on the range day to day anymore, but you probably did for a while. No, I mean, I spent a lot of time when I worked at the range, I was in there probably six, seven hours a day. So mm -hmm. uh, D-Lead soap is, is huge. You know, you can get it on Amazon. Um, but also like at the end of the day, I would have nosebleeds sometimes for how much, you know, lead mm -hmm. contaminated and gunpowder you're like inhaling. Wow. Um, so just taking a lot of breaks, like don't stay in there for seven hours a day. Like that was a horrible idea. Yeah. I get lead tests every year, mm -hmm. um, wear gloves. We de-lead all the tables in the range every time, every day. We wore masks, these uh, specific masks that like OSHA told us to use when we're cleaning mm -hmm. down range. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. Like if you're breathing that stuff in all day long, you could get sick, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that you could. You yeah. You I didn't realize it was that bad. You get nosebleeds and stuff like that. Yeah, if you stay oh. in there long enough, like your nose will start to bleed. It just gets really dry. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's your answer. So does that have to? That probably has to do with the air circulation or filter system or something yeah. of that range, right? Was that an older range? Or newer? No, I mean, actually, comparatively, we actually had a pretty good air filtration system. It's mm -hmm. just the amount of time, like, no human being is supposed to be inside of an indoor range, you know, for seven hours, you know, at a mm -hmm. time. Hmm. That's just not natural, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. I prefer shooting outdoors because, you know, you don't have that issue outside. And uh, just yeah. if you're going to work, if you work at a range, just take as many breaks as possible where you're not mm -hmm. just standing in the range all day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm also down with shooting outdoors. Not a fan of shooting indoors. Yeah. I don't care how much technology they use. And just to answer Flying Rich's question or comment on his comment, yes, I do know everything. Yeah. <laughs> In case you have, I think I think uh, Richard is running into, you know, he's running into a wall. It's like the mirror effect happening right now. You know, when you get a whole bunch of people who know everything staring at each other, you know, that's what that feels like. That what you got, what people get up to here in the chat is just amusing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the funniest thing to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're you're in Wisconsin now. You're working for USCCA. What else do you do out there? You know, other than work for USCCA, what do you get up to? Uh, shooting, going to the range. Uh, mm. That's that's what I'm doing this weekend. Okay. Pretty much just work, travel. I still teach my own classes. So I have a class coming up next weekend in Atlanta. Okay. Um, you know, still trying to do this professional development thing. I have an event coming up in June, Iron Sharpens Iron, where I'm inviting. Uh, I've invited uh, over 75 instructors to Atlanta, so we can shoot, train together, learn. You know, teach each other. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, just trying to network. Okay. All right. And so just to jump back to this here, you know, like it's at the same time trying to avoid a hashtag me too situation. <laughs> are you are you still married? Are you not married anymore? And then you said you no, were my divorce was final. Okay. I guess this is my like first announcement because I hadn't told anybody, but okay. my divorce was final two weeks ago. So I am Marshall Davis now. Okay. Um, and yeah, not married anymore. But right. I still have a great relationship with my ex. He's okay, amazing. Good. He helped me teach like probably all of my classes in the first year. He he was really supportive. Um, with, cool. With, in the beginning, for sure. Okay, cool. You know, you're back. Are you, are you back on the market though? Young, single, uh, no. attractive? No, not back I'm, on the market. Okay, I'm married just, to work. That's my. There you go. Okay, all the people out there, don't bother asking me that that question for the rest of the show. We dealt with They're it. Looking on Tinder, trying to find you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not on Tinder. Yeah. Just focus on work. I mean, I have my yeah. mission, my goal. That's all I care about right now. All right. Yeah. See, at some point, I would get in trouble. Like people would just say, "Okay, you didn't even ask her." You know, she said she says she wasn't married anymore. Okay, so we got that out of the way. She's into the work thing. Plus, she's in Wisconsin. So right. Good. Good luck with that situation. Maybe if you, you know, so what if folks out there want to come see um, see you at this training thing you're doing in Atlanta? What like where is it? What's the hours for that? Um. So that event is like super private and like. Okay. I wanted to make it like the most big deal, annoying, invite only type of event I could just because I don't know, just because I could. I don't know. I just wanted to like make it exclusive. It just makes it oh. the cool factor is there when it's an exclusive event. You know, like how do you What does that mean? That? What does that mean exactly? I like know. I handpicked every single person who's going to be here. Like I went oh. through their social media and like, oh. like. For, for specific reasons, though, like you'll see, you'll mm-hmm. see after the event, like you guys will understand, like, oh, that's why she picked these people. There's some here. special prizes getting given away here. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, we're doing a charity shooting competition. The, oh. the, the guests don't even know this. They're doing a charity shooting competition. Um, uh, USCCA is sponsoring the event. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, oh. it's going to be cool. All right. So there you go. You have to be invited, people. I don't know but they can always come to one of my classes if they're a woman. I teach women only. Oh, okay. What if they identify just for that day as a woman? Can they come to the class? Hey, that's none of my yeah. business. You're, you're, you're not judging. Right? Yeah, there you go. So go for it. I mean, you know, this this is that that'll definitely get out of hand really fast. Mister Clubfoot says I'm changing my name to work. So there you go. Oh, lots of jokes. Married lots to work. Of, I get it. Yeah, lots of jokes. Lots of jokes ah, out there. You're funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right. So let's see here. So, um, where's John? I'm just trying to trying right to throw here. everyone back. No, I'm just trying to throw everyone. Can you just do go to the right again, just a little bit? Sorry, I'm sw- right. I'm switching. That's why I'm trying to keep keep everyone. No, the other way. The other right. The other right. No, they, there you go. There you go. Sorry. All right. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a mirror image, basically. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Uh, smash the thumbs ups out there, guys. Uh, we're going to get into a couple of things. So let's uh, we've got John here. We've got John. I wanted to talk to him about the fact that GOA dropped uh, or, or a t- did you did you guys actually serve Schumer? With papers, yeah. or do you serve it to the court? How does the whole red flag thing work in uh, in in New York? Contacted the governor's office and also CC'd a bunch of people like the AG from New York and everything else, and we pointed out that the fact that Schumer 
threatened a couple of Supreme Court justices on the steps of the Supreme Court, which is mm-hmm. also uh, against the law. So we're waiting to hear back from D.C. on that. And Schumer is a big, big fan and a big proponent of red flag laws. Mm-hmm. New York, yeah. you should be red so we just asked the governor and the AG to apply the law equally. If it was you or I, we would be red flagged immediately. So we just said, hey, are you going to apply the law equally or does rich people and the well-connected have special uh, special standing in New York and they have special privileges that's not afforded to regular people okay so this is all stemming from him getting on the court uh getting on the steps of the court and uh, Mm -hmm. i think the supreme court right now is hearing something in relation to uh abortion Uh, or something like that uh basically the supreme court is hearing a appeal of a louisiana law that says abortion doctors must have admitting privileges to a hospital within 30 miles of the abortion clinic. Okay. All right. Um, and then he made statements that the whole world heard, clearly threats, in my opinion, right? I mean, now, here's the thing. I think that lots of people in politics throw around threats, but, you know, depending on, on whether there's an R or a D on the back of uh, on the end of your name, you know, people decide, oh, they're going to make a big deal out of this or not a big deal out of it. Um, ultimately, to me, I don't really see it as a big deal, but it is a good opportunity to give him a little bit of his own medicine, so to speak, right? Especially since, uh, two things, he is very, very pro mm-hmm. And Your audio is cutting out a little bit, John. I don't know. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay, uh, there you go. He's very, very pro-red flag law. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he wants to see the New York law copied, which is probably the strongest red flag law in the country, mm-hmm. to a nationwide law. And also, he stated that any restriction on abortion rights is a violation of the Constitution. Okay. Which, how about any yeah. restriction on gun rights? Isn't yeah. that also a violation of the Constitution? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure where that comes in. Now, he did apologize for this because he got some pressure. Right? Everyone put some pressure on him. He apologized for this. I apologized. Huh? He kind of apologized. Kind of. Okay. So Brian Quick says, I don't know whether or not you're keeping up with the news. I don't know if this is true or not. Brian Quick is saying state of New York declined to apply red flag law to Chuck Schumer. Is that true? Uh, No, I haven't checked that out in a couple hours. Oh, okay. All right. So if you get a chance, if you can, while we're here talking, uh, check up on that. Something in the something says to me, eh, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna waste their time trying to uh, apply this to Chuck Schumer. And if so, this this law should not even exist. Then, if they're gonna be selective with it, it definitely doesn't uh, need to exist. I don't believe in red flag laws or anything like that. I just think it's you know. A little bit of irony, a little bit of irony. If this yeah. did apply, do you think they would actually take the guns away from his... I don't know if Chuck Schumer has any guns. He probably does. He does. Yeah. He, he has a license to carry. Okay. Okay. So do you uh, think... Yeah. So, yeah, if they if they apply it to him, obviously they would take away his guns. What about the bodyguards? Well, I don't know how exactly that works. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, they're around him. You know, Chuck Schumer could give them like judo chops, disarm them, take their guns. 
and just go wild through the streets. You never know. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Okay, so uh, keep it lit. If you find out anything about this, let us know. Um, I don't know whether or not Tig wants to jump in on this. Did you hear about all this stuff? Yeah, I heard about it. Um, actually, some a friend was informing me earlier this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's interesting. I don't have any comments, but I think mm-hmm. you know it's an interesting perspective, and I'd love to see how it plays out. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm really curious to know what's going to happen. Yeah, Brian Quick says he was kidding. That that is not that's not what happened. He was kidding. He said he didn't think I would take it seriously. Okay, Brian Quick, we're not allowing you to talk about news anymore since you're messing around. So there you go. See, I didn't believe it anyway. That's why we're double checking with John. So there you go. Um, listen, and, and to me, I feel like they won't do it. I mean, what they do won't. you guys? Yeah, what do you say, Tig? You think they're actually gonna red like red flag Chuck Schumer? No. Yeah. Okay. No. What, what about you, John? <laughs> I think there's, there's no chance in hell. No, um, there's no chance. <laughs> it shows you how the law is yeah. applied uh, unfairly. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is applied unfairly. I mean, yeah. some people feel like they're above reproach, and that's, I guess, most politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like if you were to drug test every politician today, most of them would pop hot. You know what I mean? Things yeah. like that. They feel like it just doesn't apply to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a great point to be made. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of laws. I don't think we need a lot of laws. We could really simplify our legal system in leaps and bounds and light years or whatever down to, I don't know, like 10, 10 basic laws or something. Um, but if we, if, if I was going to add anything to that, you know, I would make a law that you can't make a law that you are not subject to. Everyone should be subject to whatever laws you make. Yeah. So, but you know, um, is there something in the constitution about that? No, but (laughs) Rand Paul wants, that's the case where whatever laws and whatever restrictions that Congress passes, it has to apply to them. Because like mm-hmm. the Affordable Care Act, uh, they exempt them themselves from that, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, insider, but, but, no, the insider trading, uh, if you're in Congress, you're allowed to insider you're allowed to do insider trading. So you're allowed to you're allowed to decide where funding goes to help companies stay alive, like let's say Tesla, for example, or any other company out there. And then you're allowed to also on the stock market bet on that stock that you're saving. Well, you can in Congress you can put money into Tesla before you announce that you that the government's going to give money to Tesla. So you're allowed to, that's insider training, where you act on non-public information. You're right. allowed to act on public information to make money if you're in Congress. So somewhere along the way, they exempted themselves from... from insider training laws, yes. Yeah. Just like Martha Stewart went to jail for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, I never realized that. I never realized that. But obviously, they do play around with stocks on the stock market, without a doubt. Absolutely. You know, they're very they're very well invested. Um, okay. Uh, let me pick some might is uh, smashing the thumbs up. So let's remind everyone to do that here. It is Friday. Smash those thumbs ups. Let's see. What other new stuff? You guys tell me. Like, Tig, what's on your mind? What kind of new stuff out there either makes you laugh or makes you think? You know, you think is interesting out there? You've been paying attention to? I think the... All of it, the whole election is kind of 
hilarious, um, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally. So when I tell people like, hey, I'm not into politics, what I mean is that, you know, it's the same, it's two sides of the same coin. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, even on the gun debate, you know, pro-gun, anti-gun, a lot of these organizations, they're just benefiting from there being a problem, like mm-hmm. financially benefiting from the issue. And they're mm-hmm. not trying to fix the issue at all. Like, I feel like if the issue, if there were no gun crimes today, right, Mm -hmm. there is no issue with guns, there's no suicides, there's no children, you know, being harmed with firearms. The problem goes away, their jobs go away. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, like, how hard am I actually going to work at solving an issue that pays my bills? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, some people on both sides, a lot of these organizations and corporations, they're just... They're benefiting from there being a problem in the first place, and I find an issue with that. So yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I think a lot of people win, uh, win or lose. So in other words, you know, there's lots of people, lots of bankers, for example, they get to run companies. If they run them into the ground, the the people bail them out. They win. Right. You know, they so still get I mean. bonuses and stuff like that. Uh, happen with a lot of car companies. Happens with lots of folks out there, and politicians are definitely in that category, they don't really perform for us, they don't fix problems, they're in the business of creating problems, yet they make a lot of money, get all the exemptions in the world, get all all the best health care, all that kind of stuff, and you know, and then use us, like for the folks out there who are suffering, they're always telling them, there's specific um, sides of politics that do this more than others, but I, I agree with you. I think people on the left, on the right, Republicans, Democrats all play this silly game and people don't get their problems fixed. So, for example, uh, the question of uh, firearms is not really a question. It's, just, it's in the Second Amendment. Right. You have the right to say, I don't like guns. I'm not going to buy any. No one's yep. forcing you to, to own them or carry them or use them. But also, it's, it's a set right that we should, you know, why are we infringing on it when it says don't infringe on this? I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a human right beyond, beyond the Constitution. We were all born with the mm-hmm. right to defend ourselves, mm-hmm. period. You know, like no man, woman or piece of paper can take that away. No man, woman or piece of paper gave me my right to carry a firearm. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have to understand wherever we are there are consequences to you know exercising that right which i don't agree with you know i don't agree with you know me as a human being on this planet defending myself or carrying a tool to defend myself being penalized for doing so i think mm-hmm. that's wrong mm-hmm. well if you look at the constitution uh the first 10 uh of the constitution is to develop rights and if you read it uh, those rights are it says those rights are from the creator, whatever you want to believe that to mean. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. It, it's acknowledging the rights. That's why a lot of times the first 10 amendments are referred to as uh, a, a document of negative liberties because it's not taken away or giving us liberty. It's taken away. It's, it's setting limits on the government saying this is what you can't do. So it's negative liberties for the federal government. That's why okay. sometimes it's referred to as a document of negative delivery. Okay. All right. Your your audio is still coming in and out a little bit there, John. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, shout out to Walter from Safety Harbor Firearms. I see him in the chat. He's usually here on the show with us, Tig. Uh, he's in the chat. He says uh, all the leftists are circling the creepy Joe wagon. 
So there you go. That that was from that was from Walter. That was from Walter. Um, all right. Let's see other things going on in the news. I saw. You know what? Before we came on air, there was this um, news breaking out of New York City, which I grew up in, and I still have family there, of a 15 year old girl getting jumped by a bunch of people in the street for her like her her uh, her money, her phone, and things like that. So it's 15 year old girl. There's this video. It looked to me, I'm going to say at least 15 guys just kicking the living crap out of her and taking her stuff from her and then walking away with her stuff. And, and she's in the hospital right now. Um, I know you guys probably haven't had a chance to see that, but we've seen this kind of thing before. What do you guys think about that? I, I think it's just terrible. People need to learn to respect life and to respect other people. And that just goes to show you uh, part of why uh, people need to be armed. I know the 15 not is probably not going to be armed, but if someone was coming by and they were armed, they could have stopped the attack. But in New York City, it's almost impossible to get a gun permit. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to defend yourself. Almost impossible, yeah, I should say that, legally in New York City. What do you think about right. that kind of stuff, Tig? I don't know if you've ever seen this kind of thing before. I mean, I've seen it in the news. You know, people send me stories of women being attacked almost every day. And mm -hmm. for me, firearm is the great equalizer. You know, my physical strength, the strength that I was born with against any man's physical strength, you know, there's a disparity of force there. It's not equal. Mm -hmm. So for me specifically, the firearm, you know, my gun versus your gun, you know, that levels the playing field a little bit. And that's why mm -hmm. I always advocate for, you know, using firearms um, as for self-defense. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's horrible. It shouldn't have happened. I really wish people would just leave other people alone. But mm -hmm. uh, there's evil out there. Evil exists. Predators are going to continue to be predators. And I feel like it's our job to make sure that we're not easy prey. Yeah. Now, obviously, like a 15-year-old girl, in, you know, any 15-year-old in most places, including Florida, they're not going to be able to take a gun to school with them or defend right. themselves. Um, maybe, like you said, John, if someone was going by there and they and they heard this girl screaming, saw what was happening to her, they would be able to do something about it. Inevitably, though, even if there were cops there and they did something about it, so you've got a you've got a group, like I said, at least fifteen young men. Um, in this case, young black men. If someone started shooting those guys, you know, there's going to be people on the flip side of that saying how terrible it is, you know, look at these young got poor, sweet, little, innocent young guys. But this is a situation that lots of people are dealing with. Like, I grew up in New York City. This kind of thing happened all the time. Um, I remember when I was in high school in New York City getting jumped by a bunch of people. It was actually so many people, and they were piling on top of each other that me and my friends, we crawled out of there, and they didn't even realize that we weren't there. And they were still kicking each other's asses. So this kind of thing happens all the time. You know, what do we do to stop this kind of stuff happening? Because if, if people were there and did something about this, then they would be the bad guys. I think people need to just be taught. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's teachable. I'm not a parent, you know, but I think it starts at a young age to respect life. You know, just in general, I feel like there's just this disregard for human life going on. And, you know, some people like to blame video games. I don't think it's video games. I listen to the most violent music and I played the most violent video games. And I'm not, I'm not a violent person, but my parents taught me to respect all life. 
period. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. maybe that's something that starts when people are children um, mm-hmm. and then learning healthy, healthy outlets for for all types of mental. Not I don't want to say people have mental health issues, but just general you know, letting your stress out in a positive way. For me, it was playing basketball or volleyball, you know, some sort of resource, something else productive to do. I feel like when especially young people are left to their own devices, they end up get, doing a lot of stupid things. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We, we have to teach morality. Yeah. One of the things that's really missing is morality. Parents don't really teach it anymore. They don't teach it in the schools. Yeah. So I think that, you know, one of the things here is that, yes, like you said, parents don't teach it anymore. They don't teach it in schools necessarily. Everyone has a different set of morals. Um, I know when we had Chris Ann Hall on the show, she was talking about how there's a liberty, uh, there's a difference between freedom and liberty, you know, and like freedom means you could just do whatever you want to people. You know, liberty means that you are, you know, you're... What was what was I'm trying to figure out exactly how she put it, but basically liberty means you're you have rights you're able to do things up all, all the way up until like you could do whatever you want up until you cross over into someone else's space and and now what you want to do is taking away from them right so if you're hurting taking away from someone doing damage to them um, I think we just don't have like. Uh, I think we don't have enough punishment for people like this in this case. And I think that people just don't see punishment. The reason why you've got a lot of kids walking around being able to do this or in other things we've seen in New York, for example, where people are pouring water on the police when they, you know, when they come to their neighborhood to do something is because no one, no one gets beaten. Right. You know, like these kids, for example, in my opinion, they should find all of these kids and for the ones that, let's say this is the first time they ever did anything, them and their parents should all be, like, dragged out into Times Square or something and just beaten. Just lashes. In my, this is my opinion, right? And the reason why I say this is because you should not be able to do things to other people. Here, if there's a young, if there's a 15-year-old, male or female, right? If there's a kid... If she's 10, if that's 10 years old or 18 or if, it, you know, if it's a grown person and you're out there and you attack them just to just to take something from them, that's their property. You should not just be able to get away with that easily, like, you know, with a slap uh, on the hands or on the wrist. You should you should really feel the pain of that. I think if this is someone who's done it more than that, you know, this is maybe their second or third time, their asses need to go to jail. For some time, they really need to suffer. If that's like the third time that they did that to someone, then I don't know if we even really need them to be, you know, to be around. You know, they're not contributing anything to society. Now, this is my opinion. I'm just telling you. But ultimately, people do these kind of things because they get away with it. Right? There's no punishment for treating people like that. Um, what? So... I've said this before. I grew up in New York. I still have family in New York. One of my nieces, someone knocked her out just to take her phone from her. You know, and I think that people doing these kinds of things and not seeing any kind of punishment for it is why we wind up in situations like this. And a long time ago in other places, we would just find these people and just thrash them. You know, and they will be lucky if they got away with it. Do you guys? Do you guys think I'm evil for saying that? Um, I don't think you're evil. I don't think I would go as far as you were 
going to go. I think there's some behavior stuff going on that could be corrected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, see what you're saying though. Yeah. How would you? Okay. All right. What do you think, Tig? Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if responding by uh, violence or physical physical violence is the best answer. But I get where you're. I get where you're coming from. You mm-hmm. know. You know. You should feel the pain that you you've given out. But I don't know. I feel like it depends on the age too. You know, especially like young children. You're talking about beating. Um, I don't think that's the best answer. You're teaching a child that, hey, if you do something wrong, then the the result is going to be physical harm. Like, I'm going to physically hurt you. So then mm-hmm. they go out into the world thinking, if someone else does something wrong to me, the result should be physical harm, physical violence. So I don't know. It just kind of teaches them um, to continue on that path of violence. I feel like there are other ways that maybe we can relay information to people, especially mm-hmm. young people. Um, just talking to them. I, I don't know. I've been in therapy since 17 and I learned how, I learned how to deal with my emotions and deal with my feelings and, and deal with, you know, all the, the angst and the, you know, all the trauma. I learned how to deal with that shit going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I feel like okay. talking to somebody who's trained to deal with that, especially for youth, may be a better answer. Okay. So you feel like, so let's say 20 young men, this, this young woman was 15. They're probably like 15, 16, 17, right? They decide to beat up a young girl while okay. she's on the she's on the sidewalk. They're kicking her, stomping on her, ripping her her sneakers off, taking uh, her property away from her, and all that kind of stuff. And there's a way to solve that by talking to those guys. Um. Yeah, it may be extreme. It may be something like a military school or something where you know your privileges are taken away. You know, uh, mm-hmm. to an extreme manner. Mm-hmm. You know, physical. Doing push-ups, you know, mm-hmm. physical, not physical violence, but physical exercise. My mm-hmm. punishment, instead of my parents beating me, sometimes was to sit on the wall with my arms out. Now, some people may think that's torture, but for me, I didn't get a beating. I got strong, you know, mm-hmm. like my calves are ridiculous because, you know, I, I realized that if I kept getting in trouble, I was going to have to exercise, um, which I didn't like in, in that time. But something to that effect, but over a long period of time, you know, maybe separating them from the, their school or having to go to a different camp or something like that, I feel like okay. maybe a better answer. All right. Let's so that, so then how would, so, and this is not so much for you, Tig, as, as it is for John. So how would, if a guy was walking along here and saw these guys doing it and he took out a firearm and, you know, went after these kids, how would that be different? Uh, because I think what you're talking about is after the fact, uh, the guy walking along with a firearm would be there to stop the attack. Oh, okay. So, so okay. I th- but I still think, I believe after the fact, you did something this terrible. It's not killing you. It's not killing you. That used to happen in society. They used to lock people in stocks, right? And they would leave you out there in the stocks and the whole village would come throw rotten food at you or something like that. And maybe that made you feel embarrassed or bad enough. You know, I think if you do it in an organized way where someone comes along and locks their asses down, gives them lashes, you know, if you're a parent responsible for this kid, let let me tell you something. If I saw my kids doing something like that, I would be beating them until they're like my age. Oh, if I saw them doing something like that. 
So if the, if the parents are allowing that, like the things we allow people that, that like if you're if you're raising your kids and you don't see that and that doesn't put you into a state like, hey, somehow, you know, one of us messed up here. We have to start correcting it. Then I don't know. Go ahead. I think Tig is going to agree with me because mm-hmm. she's probably heard this in her training back mm-hmm. in the military. I was mm-hmm. just about to say that. All right. Go ahead. You can go ahead. And OK, go ahead. Um, physical yeah. violence. There's tons, the, huh? There's tons of studies that prove this. Oh, okay. Yeah, physical violence is not effective. It's not an effective means of uh, you know, being reprimanded. It's not an effective means of getting in- intelligence. It's not an effective means of even changing behavior. The way that person is before you, you know, put physical violence or harm to them, before you torture them, is the exact same person they're going to be afterwards. And maybe in, you know, you know, 200 years ago before the internet before the life we have now mm-hmm. um maybe people would have gotten away with that but i feel like if that were to happen in 2020 you're just going to create a more angry a more violent person i feel like that exact same person would go out get a firearm and then harm more people because they're angry okay. um, or just continue to inflict violence on other people okay yeah, so I, go ahead and, and when interrogators learn that stuff uh, they, they used to do enhanced interrogations and stuff like that, but they've done a lot of studies of a lot of different universities and a lot of different uh, people in academia, not in academia, but actual government agencies that actually research that. Yeah. And they found that it's one of the most least least effective ways. And I'm not okay. saying that, you know, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not even one that's totally against enhanced interrogation. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know. So it, how, it how many, start- how many people do you all, do you guys think? So I, I understand like something in the military, getting uh, information from folks. That's one thing. But we're, what we're talking about here is Basically, all over America, there's kids, teenagers. They're not really little kids. We're not talking about little kindergartners or anything here, right? We're talking about what in lots of societies, including ours, should be considered men in our society, but it's not. But in lots of other societies around the world, we're talking about men, right? And women. So, you know, what do you think it's really going to benefit? Like, how are those people going to change if you sit them down and give them a good talking to? Meanwhile, someone's daughter or someone's son just got the living crap beat out of them. Well, it's it's when I'm even talking about like just giving them a talking to. I mean, mm-hmm. there's punishment, but uh, physical beating them is where you build up defiance. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe i think ultimately if they keep doing those kinds of things we don't even need them to exist with us on the on the face of the planet you know that's i mean because because i you know for example okay i take do you have any kids no i don't have any kids you don't have any kids okay uh john you do have kids i know that for a fact yes Um, yes because i've helped you sell the boy scout cookies or whatever or actually uh, that was a ruse all the money went by ammo Oh, sure. I believe that. I believe that. Um, how would you so how would you guys feel? I'm sure take you can imagine this. How would you feel if it was I'm sure you have like do you have a sister, a little brother? Yeah, I like mean, I have nephews. nine nieces and nephews. So yeah, yeah. how would kids. you feel? How would you feel to watch them get beaten up? Like that? I would be curious. I would be extremely upset if they were beaten okay. up or harmed in any way. 
Right. And but you still because of what you guys are saying here, you believe you still think it would be like effective. Um, you know, Lola says I'm speaking from the point of view of the parent. That's why I feel that way. I feel exactly. that way whether it's my kid that it's happening to or it's my kid doing it. You know, I, I would feel like like talking and all that kind of stuff failed, you know, and once we get to the point where all of that failed and you're now affecting the rest of us in society, we got to go. We have to go to another level. Otherwise, we're just going to have a bunch of people that know what they can do. Then someone's going to sit them down somewhere and talk to them or maybe give them some drugs or something like that. And then they're just going to keep doing that thing. And meanwhile, well, and, and the people who don't want to actually do anything about it will be the ones who actually suffer in society. Yeah, I think there's a difference between pure evil and a misguided person. Mm -hmm. So there are people in this world that are purely evil. No amount of talking, physical harm, prison, jail, nothing is going to change them from being just purely evil. Okay. So that's one that I feel like that's a smaller percentage of, you know, the people who commit violence against other people. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who I feel like are are misguided, like somewhere along the line from being a child, they learn some some toxic, some horrible behavior, they learned this and they started acting out in that manner. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like, you know, for an adult, you know, if you're 30 years old and your whole life has been just violence, you had shitty parents, you grew up, you know, in a shitty way, you didn't learn how to communicate, you know, all these things happen to you, you might be a lost cause. It might be too late. That might be someone who needs to just sit in prison forever. But there are some people who can be saved. I feel like with the younger they are, the less they've experienced life, there may be a point in their life where they can change. And I'm just saying this because I know people in real life who mm -hmm. started off on that fighting everybody, you know, toxic, horrible, you know, lashing out, angry all the time, start off on that path and they ended up in therapy or they ended up getting some sort of structure or some change in their life and they're a completely different person. Okay. So that's the only reason why I'm saying is because I know that it's worked for some people. It worked for me. I wasn't physically violent towards other people, but I was very angry as a child. I had a lot of anger built up in here. And I could have grown into that physically violent person towards other people. But I got into therapy, and mm. now I'm not that person anymore. Okay. All right. Okay. We have to change the mentality. Huh? Um, we have to change the mentality. Uh, um, almost all of it starts at home. Uh, with parents not teaching um, responsibility or anything. There's actually a study that says a fatherless home that I, I, you have more of a, you have a 60% higher chance of going to jail uh, if you come from a fatherless home, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying that, you know, single mothers can't do it, but uh, if you have a good structured home, whether it's, two parents or one parent i think that is a big thing so i put a lot of the responsibility on the parents of those kids yeah. okay and in some let's just be honest some people shouldn't have ever had children like these kids were, were screwed before they were even brought into this world these kids were screwed long before they were even thought of because their parents are just not mentally physically spiritually emotionally able to raise a child and i don't i don't think that we should like step in you know, and say, hey, you can't give birth because you're a crappy person. Um, I just think it should be awareness. Like, people should be more aware of, hey, what are your traumas? What is stopping you from raising a healthy, functional child? And how can you fix that before you bring this kid into the world? Okay. Can we, um, so let me ask you two guys this. Can we at least beat the parents? How about that? <laughs> can we compromise here? Can, 
Can I take the parents out into the streets and give uh, them I mean, lashes? You can beat the kids, man, for all I care. But no, I mean, that is more of a revenge thing than teaching them not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I think we need, you know, I, I get it. Like everyone is on a different thing here. I didn't raise my kids by having to uh, to to beat them or even like, you know, give them a pat on the butt too often, to be honest with you. But maybe there's some things involved here. Like you said, you know, my kids have two parents. All of that. But but everyone, everyone does the wrong thing. And ultimately, you need to know the price for doing the wrong thing. And that needs to be metered out, you know, according to what you do. So it's one thing if you're out there like you, you know, you steal something from a store. It's a completely different thing when you decide to get together with a bunch of people and and start beating the crap out of another human being that no matter what you guys say and no matter how much therapy that human being gets, They've just been physically scarred forever. I think people should walk away from that. The people who did that should walk away with, from that with a couple of scars and maybe some therapy or drugs well, I mean, or whatever else it is. Like, like I said, I mean, you can you can beat them if you want for like revenge. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But you asked, how do we prevent them from doing it? And that's mm-hmm. not how, how mm-hmm. you do it. But I'm doing it so oh, okay uh, I don't so so then I don't think there's I don't like my thing about it is I don't think there is any way of preventing it because like I understand I understand what what the conversation about talking to people because or or having conversations with people or helping them work through their things ultimately you can only help people if they want to be helped you know That's if, true. if, if you want to help yeah. yourself then someone talking to you can help you otherwise you just play the system you know, and the rest of us have to live in the system. And I think the problem about this, and for, I'll just give you guys an example. Uh, it's like with socialism, right, or welfare. If everyone, if most people are on that, the people who are working and paying for that eventually are going to start looking at it like, why am I working? Why am I doing this? Why, why am I the only person who's out there when someone else is not doing it and they still get a home, they still get food, they still get clothing, they still get cars and and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. And I'm here like getting up every day at a certain time, going to work, putting in my time and all that, paying taxes, and I'm paying for it. You know what I'll do? I'll just start doing what everyone else is doing. You know, I think that that's the, the, the way that most human beings will go. And if we, if we really want to live in like a polite society, we have to figure out where we're going to fix it. Otherwise, we're fixing it like person to person every single day. Uh, but anyway, I, mean, I don't think we'll ever live in a. This will never be a utopia. Violence will always exist. Bad things will, all, unfortunately, always happen to good people. Like that's mm-hmm. the unfortunate reality. There is no, there is no punishment. There is no law. There is no marching. There is no voting. There is nothing that's going to eliminate all violence and all evil from the world. It's never going to happen. What we can do is we can try to better prepare ourselves from being, like I said earlier, the victims, the prey. We can better prepare ourselves and, you know, try to start from birth and making sure that some of these people who are not purely evil, um, you know, have an outlet so that they don't end up taking out violence against other people. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, if I had like a 15 year old daughter, like in this case, I would want her to be walking around with a couple guns. Yeah, for sure. Because if she has to, you know, regardless of being 15 or whatever age, if she has to run into 20 dudes, I would rather she just take those 20 dudes asses out then. Since we can't, since we can't, anything. since we can't flog them, we can't flog them. 
or anything like that. We can't beat their parents later. A knife? Can 15-year-olds carry knives? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to help you, though. But in New York City, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. New York City, uh, definitely not. The law says it has to be a blade under three inches. It cannot be a tactical knife, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough thing. All right, I just wanted to see where you're at on that. You know, I'll, I'll move on now. I'll move on. But, uh, you know. We'll 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 uh, we'll revisit this one of these days. All right. So listen, you're um, what is the whole philosophy of like my sister's keeper? Let's switch over to that. What's the, what's your philosophy when you're training people? So uh, my business I actually just rebranded. So my business used to be called Trigger Happy Firearm Instruction. And, you know, as you can imagine, some no. people were not receptive. <laughs> But but there's an explanation. It wasn't meant to be taken literal. Like, it was a double entendre. So back mm-hmm. when I was living in Texas, people used to call me trigger happy, just as my nickname. had nothing to do with guns. Okay. Because I would pull the trigger on decisions. Like, the, I ended up in Texas because I had a dream that I was supposed to live in Texas. I literally got rid of my apartment, quit my job, and moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, what the hell are you doing? And, you know, that's kind of how I lived my early 20s. I decided to shave my head, decided to do whatever the fuck I felt like doing. I just Mm -hmm. did it. And that's how Trigger Happy came about. I just made decisions because I don't want to live in regret. I don't want to sit there at a crossroad, you know, wondering what if. So that's Mm -hmm. where Trigger Happy came from. So anyway, I um, rebranded my business a few months ago to My Sister's Keeper Defense. And it's because I am my sister's keeper. I look at, you know, women out in this world as my sisters. I am responsible for them. These bad things happen to me. And it's unfortunate that it happened. However, I'm going to turn that, you know, frown upside down and use it to help other people and help other women specifically because I don't want it to happen to anyone else. Okay. So uh, my question here would be what's in a name? You know, is there a big difference since you switched over the name? Yeah, more, so more politically happy, correct. Yeah, trigger okay. happy firearm instruction was mm-hmm. just focused on firearms only. Like I was not against it, but I just didn't want to teach any methods of non-lethal self-defense, any hand-to-hand combat. I just wasn't interested because that mm-hmm. wasn't my lane or my field. But mm-hmm. now that it's my sister's keeper defense and it's not just firearms, we will be talking about um, non-lethal methods of self-defense, hand-to-hand combat, edge weapons courses. Um, these are things that I'm learning now so that I can teach my students as we go along. So it's not just firearms. I recognize everyone isn't meant to carry a firearm and I want them to be able to defend themselves too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what, so, um, how, what, how many different level of classes do you have right now? Cause it seems to me like you just said that you're, you're yourself getting trained up on some things, right? Yeah. So, so what right levels do you have I- now? I teach intro to pistol, which is the very basic ground level, you know, introduction to firearms. And then I also teach concealed carry, um, which is basically an introduction to concealed carry, you know, how to deploy your firearm, how to, you know, get your firearm from retention or wherever you carry it and use it effectively. Um, Mm. I just became a defensive shooting fundamentals level one certified from the USCCA. Um, That is a curriculum that was developed by Rob Pincus. It is a little bit more advanced for my concealed carry course that I'll be teaching. Uh, so I'll be teaching my first DSF course this summer in Atlanta. Um, so these are the levels that we have right now. I will be learning some different types of hand-to-hand combat. And by the end of the year, I'm hoping we'll have our first uh, our first class. Okay. All right. Very cool. 
Um, let me see here. I'm trying to see if there's any other questions uh, here in the chat. Okay, I see people still probably talking about what we were just talking about. So yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that. You're only, so you're, and you're only teaching women in your classes, right? Yes, women okay. only. All of my All right. classes are women only. What's the reason for that? Why are you hating on the dudes? <laughs> I'm not hating on the dudes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I teach women's only classes for two reasons. One, mm -hmm. um, women's only class, there's a sisterhood in classes where there's just women. There's a, a way that we can become more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, in my classes, women cry. We hug, we laugh, we talk. You know, it's a... It's are you saying that the dudes aren't vulnerable? No, not in firearms classes. I've been to a bunch of classes where I'm okay. the only woman, and you're not going to get that, you know, huggy, touchy-feely, you know, I love you, you love me type of environment in a co-ed class. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Or want it to happen like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys don't want to sit there and have a woman next to them cry and say, oh, I'm here because I was just attacked. You know, right. men aren't going to uh -huh. be receptive to that. So in my classes, that's where we can cry together and you know let it out it's almost like a therapy session okay um so that's one of the reasons why i teach women's only classes and the other is because how many black women instructors do you know black women firearms instructors uh i know let me see i know one other one that i could think of more immediately yeah so yeah. it's not we're unicorns it's rare mm -hmm. so because mm -hmm. of that i feel like i want other women of color to understand that hey you can carry a firearm you can defend yourself this is not taboo for you because you're black Mm -hmm. um you know or african-american actually i think i know more than that i think i know like two or three sorry i know about not. three yeah and i think i know in yeah. one actually i know four and the fourth mm -hmm. one i i developed her as an instructor oh okay so uh but yeah it's, it's not a lot yeah. of us and i want to be that mm -hmm. representation i want to be that change you want to see i want under people to understand that 2a is for everybody you know mm -hmm. gun ownership is for everybody mm -hmm. self-defense is for everybody it's not just you know older white male like we saw you know 20 years ago what are you trying to say no i'm just saying you know that's what you think of when you think gun owner and now i want to change the narrative like mm -hmm. everybody can own guns everybody should if they're mm -hmm. mentally and spiritually you know capable yeah yeah it's for everyone so when you train do you train with only women or you train with men i train with men and women so okay. um Right now, I'm being trained by Steve Fisher. He's a instructor, lead instructor at USCCA, um, director of operations there. He is training me to be his like little, uh, I don't know, his little protege. So I've been working with mm -hmm. him. We just uh, partnered with Tim Kim Tim Kennedy. Um, so he came on uh, as a USCCA partner. So I'll eventually be taking some of his courses. Mm -hmm. uh, so just as much training as I can get. Oh, okay. Defense. Tim Kennedy's company, Sheepdog Defense, is uh, some of the best training that you can get. Oh, okay. Yes, I got okay. to talk to him yesterday for about an hour. He's an amazing person. I can't wait to take class from him. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is like, do you envision an advanced class or something where the ladies can now go back and take classes with the dudes? Or, you know, how long do we want to stay separated here? It will be only women's... I mean, I can't say, I can't speak to forever, but for as, as far as I can see, it's going to be women's only courses. I feel like okay. it's necessary and more women. So I've taught co-ed classes, so don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I taught probably about five co-ed classes and people don't participate. No one comes to the co-ed classes. Okay. I taught a family safe class where it was like men, women and children as young as five years old come to the mm -hmm. class together. 
it's not a lot of interest in those classes. So I feel the need. You know, my women's classes are always sold out. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing what the people want. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I mean, now I think it, it makes a lot more sense to me. So you're saying that the guys don't want to come to the co-ed class. The women don't want to come to the co-ed class. The guys don't want to come because they didn't want to see the weepy women, right? Maybe. And then the women don't want to come because they want to smell the testosterone stinky dudes. They don't want to be mansplained in the class or hit on oh. in the class. Oh, okay. Get it. Okay, I get it. So what about, do you do like uh, classes with kids and stuff like that? Yes. So teaching okay. children is is extremely important to me. And that's why we I created the Family Safe curriculum. But mm -hmm. I didn't want to do a Family Safe class where children are invited, but the dads aren't. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think that's right. So that's why, you know, it was completely co-ed. It was men, women, and children. It's fathers, okay. sons, mothers, children, too. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and, but if you did something with the kids, are you going to separate them by gender? No, not at all. All okay. the children, it was, you know, little. And mm -hmm. even now, for my women's classes, I have a lot of single moms. And they ask, hey, can I bring my son? Can I bring my daughter? Yes, for sure. Sons, mm -hmm. daughters can definitely come to the class. Okay. All right. That makes, uh, that makes some sense there. Um so, okay, one of the, the things you just said is, like, the women don't feel like they want to come to the class and be uh, hit on, right? Yeah. Have you seen that a lot? Yes. That's okay. happened to me several times okay. while taking classes and mm -hmm. teaching classes. While you're teaching. Okay. Is this yeah. why you don't want to teach the dudes? Part of it is just okay. I don't feel All like right. going through that, you know. At mm -hmm. the end of one Understood. of my classes, I asked, hey, are there any questions? And a guy asked me, am I single? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know, no, I'm not single, but, you know, do you have a yeah. firearms related question? You know, it's yeah. just, it's annoying. Right. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's a, it's a part of the world that we live in, I think. Yeah, it you is. Know? I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the male instructors in classes get hit on by dudes and chicks probably. They do. I actually yeah. have a male friend who's an instructor and he does a lot of private lessons with women and every single time he gets hit on. Yeah. So it happens. Okay, so what about, uh, and, and I'm just trying to talk about all these different things here. I mean, the, the point of me having these conversations and uh, posting it up here so people can, I don't want to just show people the like politically correct side of uh, the gun community and things that we talk about. You know, I, I would, I'm trying to get into some of the things that maybe people don't talk about. And here, I'll tell you why. Maybe if there was some dude sitting in there and seeing like the, the emotional process of some of those women, it would help them grow. I agree. So that is where Iron Sharpens Iron, the event I told you about in Atlanta this summer mm -hmm. in June, we're actually kicking off the event with a mental health and overcoming trauma class. Mm -hmm. So the majority of, of the participants are male, um, are black men. Mm -hmm. And I'm having two female therapists actually explain to them and go through a whole class about dealing with students who have faced trauma relating to gun violence and how to overcome that, you know, for their students. Mm -hmm. So I'll actually be teaching at this event. It's going to be mostly men there. I'll be teaching the defensive pistol class. And I want to incorporate that into the course. You know, what do you do if you, you're teaching a co-ed class, you have a woman come in, she starts crying on the range. How do mm -hmm. you handle that to where you don't scar her for life? That's mm -hmm. what we'll be talking about at this event. So I will, I'm taking this opportunity with the Iron Sharpens Iron to address that for a lot of instructors. Okay. Um, and then do you ever do classes with like uh, couples? I know that, you know, we're maybe living in a world where all the women are single and all the guys are horrible. I'm assuming there's a couple of married. Uh, I've you know what? Just a couple of days ago, I celebrated being married to Lola for 21 years. 
Oh, Although I don't feel I don't feel like a unicorn though. I feel like there's lots of dudes out there that've been married for a long time. No, there's a lot. Just I don't mean, get the credit for it. They don't. There's a lot of great husbands and great mm-hmm. fathers out there. See, the thing is, like I, I'm only one person. You know, there's thousands mm-hmm. of firearms instructors out there. There's mm-hmm. hundreds of male instructors that I know. If they want to go by race specifically, there's hundreds of black male mm-hmm. instructors out there. If that's what you want. That's for them. Like, I refer people to other instructors all the time. I understand Mm -hmm. that my class is going to be different from the next person's. However, you know, I have my thing. You know, if I focus on my women's, if I don't focus on my women's classes, who else is going to do it? You know, who else is going to travel the country and teach women? Nobody. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with you specializing or anyone doing that, by the way. You know, um, that's the awesome thing about choice. And yeah, it, you know, if if what the barrier is here is that there's lots of women out there that are kind of like intimidated by the by the whole gun community or getting into training, which everyone needs that, right? If if they're intimidated by that, and the way to get into it is by taking a class with someone like yourself, and then that like kicks them off, and then eventually they start to feel comfortable, or they come right. into their own. That's better than not having them at all, because they're like, you know what, I don't want to mess with these, you know with these super macho guys and let's be honest there's two things going on one the rest of the world reflects us as that right sometimes it's right sometimes it's wrong sometimes we reflect ourselves that way so it's not it's not all the media or anything um you know and then yes the 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 reality um the reality is is that there is a lot of like super macho stuff you know a lot of crap going on but, I mean, there's a lot of good male instructors. And every class I teach that's outside of Atlanta, I teach with a male instructor. Mm-hmm. So I co-teach a lot of classes. Like in Maryland, I teach with Hardy from Wilson Brothers Armory. Every mm-hmm. single class I teach in Maryland so that after I teach my class, I don't live in Maryland. These okay. women continue to go back and get training from Hardy. So I'm giving him, you know, that follow-up business and, you know, referring these women to him. Same thing with Dallas. You know, when I'm in Dallas, I teach with O from Body Bio Tactical. Hey, mm-hmm. ladies, I'm here just for the weekend. When I'm done with this class, you need to keep taking classes from O. You know, that's what I'll do for everywhere that I go. Okay. So let me uh, let me get into this because we touched on it a little bit here. If it doesn't make anyone feel uncomfortable, John, you can let me know. I, okay. I felt comfortable about everything. Okay, good. Um, so you were mentioning like uh, people, guys trying to talk to you and all that kind of stuff. Being your, do you, do you feel you're like in the gun community? Do you feel like a, a community thing or? Yeah, I feel like you think I'm it's in just the gun a job. Community. Okay, you feel like there's a community, right? Yeah. Okay, so how, from your point of view, how does relationships look in all of that? Do you try to keep that completely outside of this? You know, how do you separate those things as a young person? The reason why I'm asking, obviously, when I started doing all of this, I was already married and had kids. But I know I talk to folks all the time, uh, gun guys and girls out there that, you know, they kind of like grew up in this or or they're in this at the stage where they don't have those relationships, things worked out. How does that, you know, how does that work for everyone? Because I could tell definitely from the guys, it's kind of tough being out there when there are people telling them, if you believe in guns, if you vote for this person or have this philosophy, then don't talk to me. How do you see all those things? I mean, when I was married, I tried to keep my husband as far away from this stuff as possible. I mean, I Mm -hmm. signed up for this. He didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't an instructor. He did help out with classes when he could, but... um, 
Yeah. Was he honestly, was he um was he into guns? He was into guns. He was special operations in the army, so okay. he was into guns. He liked to shoot. Um, okay. Now he makes holsters. Like he's a good guy. Okay. I was but, gonna say if he was special operations and he only knew how to, how to use like maybe one or two guns, then I'm gonna. No, say. he knew how I'm to just use teasing. a lot of guns. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> but yeah, I like to keep it separate, and I feel like this is my job. I don't want any type of relationship to have anything to do with my job. I want to keep it completely mm-hmm. separate. If I ever date again, hopefully it's not somebody that's in the industry. Um, you know, I just want to keep that line of separation. Okay. All right. Cool. Have you run into, I mean, has it really been that bad out there? Like, have you run into horror stories or what's your, what's your experience of this, of the gun community being when it comes to this kind of thing? Like, I mean, there's been, mm -hmm. go ahead. There's been some, I feel like it's harder for women specifically because we're in a male dominated field Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's always this, you know, competition between men you know, if you're in a relationship with one guy and he shoots this way, then all the other guys are like secretly trying to compete with him. And there's mm-hmm. that thing going on. There's this macho, macho stuff. Or if you're in a relationship, too, I've had a lot of women come and say, yeah, I'm into guns. I'm in a shooting. But my husband or boyfriend doesn't want me around all these gun guys. And, you know, there might be some insecurities that it's are terrible. Up there. Evil. <laughs> terrible yeah, evil. So yeah. It's mm-hmm. tough. But yeah, mm-hmm. I. I just I want to if I do date again I just want a regular guy who knows how to shoot but is not in this world yeah. that would be nice. Do you think the Do you think that guns is the kind of thing that you could separate like going to spin class? So if you have a boyfriend or boyfriend girlfriend depending on who you are what you do or your uh, husband and wife do you think this is the kind of thing that you could separate like hey I'm going to spin class or I'm going to go do yoga. Or do you feel like the whole gun thing is something that to be in this relationship, you kind of both have to take it on, like having a pet? You know? Yeah, I or- mean, honestly, you do. I feel like in any relationship, whether they're in the industry or not, like we have to be on the same page. We need to go to the range together. We need to have our plan at home. You know, how are we going to, you know, if somebody came in here and did something what are our code words? What are our, you know, measures? And I had that with my ex-husband. Like, we had all of that. We had the plan, you know, you go right, I go left. We had all that worked out. But mm-hmm. I don't want, it's a difference between being a gun owner, being passionate about firearms, and being in the gun industry. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the same, you know? When you're teaching classes as an instructor, or you have a firearms-related business, um, I want that to be completely separate. Okay. Uh, my wife and I, my wife is not really into guns at all. That's okay. sad. I mean, it, it's not sad, but <laughs> I hear that all That's, the time. A, yeah. a lot of my male instructor friends are like, man, I wish my wife was more like you. And I'm just like, no, you don't. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't always happen all the time. Right, John? Right. I mean, it's not for everybody. No, my, my wife knows how to shoot. She's actually a pretty good shot. Uh, she's military. So. Okay, cool. But okay. She's not like, um, let me just say this. Military does not automatically means know how to shoot so i agree but no, I no offense I to anyone in the military no no, no offense she, but i agree yeah her, her dad was a, a new york city cop okay also does not mean know how to shoot know, definitely been, if you're a new york city cop it definitely actually means you only know how to hit all the innocent people and not the bad guy no okay wow. <laughs> she, she learned to shoot from you know her dad right, right. Okay, so she, so she's, it's not that she's not, 
she's not against guns or anything. She's she she has knowledge of them. She just doesn't find it. Uh, she's not as enthusiastic as yeah, you are, right? She, she doesn't like going to the range or anything like that. She doesn't really. Uh, she she she'll go to the range to to like practice, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go to the range mm-hmm. every chance I get. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, she's not passionate about it. That makes sense. It's a yeah. lot of women who I know who aren't passionate about firearms. Well, yeah. When I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning, and if the range was open, I would be like, ah, oh, I'm going to the range. Yeah. Can't sleep. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I, I would say to you guys, like, I don't think Lola is as passionate about firearms as I am. But she supports you, clearly. Right. Yeah. And That's this really is, important. Yeah. This is the thing. You know, Lola supports me. She uh, gets out there on the range with me and helps me uh, create the content that we do. She works behind the scenes of that. She does shoot guns and all that kind of stuff. Um, she doesn't she, – she believes in it, all that. But I just – you know, if you're looking at, like, the balance of a relationship, you might find someone who's just as – if like, your number one thing that you say, you know what's most important to me? That person better be as into guns as I am. Well, yeah. the trade-off for that, they might not really like you that much. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's true. So if you get or lucky... they might not be good at it. Yeah, know. but if you get lucky and you find someone who loves you and supports what you do, and even they have an understanding of it, there's some guys that can't have guns in their house at all, so I know you don't have that problem, John. Yeah. Uh, I don't own any guns. What are you talking about? Oh, oh boy. Okay. But you mean can't as in their wives love let them have them in the house yeah there's guys who are into guns their wives don't want to so this is why you hear these kind of questions all the time well there are guys out there that are trying to get their wives into guns so that they could okay. so that they yeah. can at least like have the gun because there's women or there's even do there's guys like that right maybe someone had a trauma in their past life right. with a firearm i've met people like that uh for example i had a friend that when she was younger, her and her sisters, I think, were in a car and there was a shotgun there. And somehow they pulled the trigger on that shotgun from doing something. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it went off, right? And no one no one got hurt, but it scared the crap out of them. So now they don't believe in guns. Gotcha. Right? Because they had that scare. So you have all these kinds of uh, things going on. So I think you're, you're, you're winning if, you're, if you find someone that at least understands that. And then, you know, you try to take it from there. Agree. I mean, a lot of guys sign their wives up for my class, hoping mm-hmm. that I convince them to, you know, love firearms. And I tell the guys, hey, stop doing that. Don't don't surprise her with my class. Like, I'm flattered. But my job is not to convince someone to love firearms. Yeah. My job is not to convince someone to be an enthusiast. My job is to educate. So if they mm-hmm. want to be educated on firearms and firearm safety, I'll do that. But if they don't want to be there, they're not going to be receptive to the information. They're going to have a bad experience. And I don't want anyone to come to my class and have a bad experience. Yeah, if you're you're dropping them into it. (laughs) I was teaching a class, and uh, I pulled, and this guy was there with his wife. And I was like, okay, we're going to take a look at the firearm. So I Mm -hmm. pulled out a Glock, unloaded and everything in the classroom setting. And she saw it, and she started crying and ran out. Hmm. And we sat at, you know, like, uh, like, did you tell her where she was going? And he's like, no. Like, oh, man. Okay. God. So I know that I'm going to get in trouble with uh, you guys and Lola for saying this again, but that guy should be dragged out into the streets and flogged. <laughs> That's what we oh, should do man. to that idiot. 
He should be dragged out. In, you should have dragged him into the into the streets, John, and trashed him. Solve your problems right there. No one will do that again in your class. I just uh, refunded their money and let them go on their way. Yeah. This is not the thing you can surprise people. I could tell you. No. So when so when I first got my CCW here in Florida, when, uh, um, you know, and by the way, like I said, I grew up in New York where guns are very illegal, but lots of guns are around. Okay. Alola grew up in Maryland where guns are, I don't know, it's, kind of, it's getting worse and worse, but she didn't really have guns and stuff like that around. So when I went to get my CCW, when I took the class, she didn't want to go with me. I said, fine, you know, went by myself. And when I came back, I had some friends, uh, like family friends, they're all Marines and stuff like that. And they have CCWs, they didn't have to do the class, but we were just sitting there talking about the class. And I was telling them how much fun I had and all the different things we did. And they were like, hey, even though I don't need to do this class, I'm gonna do that, I wanna go take that class, right? And they were telling me, they were asking me like, hey, can you come with us and go to the class with us? And then Lola felt jealous, you know? And she was like, oh, I wanna go take the class too. Why are you guys keeping me out of it? She, you know, she decided, so we all went, you know, and we all had fun and you have to let people come to that decision. You know, it's right. instead of like trying to force feed it to them. So, um, and then also there was someone here I saw, Kermit Loves Bacon says, Yep, I know a dude who can't bring guns in his own house. Not yet. See, for me, that would be a deal breaker. Like, if I can't have guns in the house, I, I mean, but everybody's life is different, I guess. For mm -hmm. some people, mm -hmm. you know, that love and connection they have is more important, you know, than, to them than owning firearms. Um, and that's that's their choice. Yeah. That would be a deal breaker for me, though. Yeah. And uh, a guy who can't shoot. Like, if you can't shoot, I'm not teaching you. It's too late. No. So the guy has to be able to shoot also on his own. You just have, like, really yes. high standards. <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, what do we look like? I'm a firearms instructor. We're all, like, taking what do you my mean what you look like? guy to the range, and he's, like, all over the paper. Okay. I don't want to... Okay, let me ask you this. In your mind... Huh? Go ahead, John. When someone asked her out for a date, she was like, okay, well, okay, but next Saturday... What's your but proficiency? This... That's literally what I did to my ex-husband. Literally, I took him to the range and I had to see what his shot grouping looked like before I oh, decided no, that's to like. Not, come on now. Yeah. Come on, next. But this Saturday you gotta qualify. Yeah. Yes, you have to qualify. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Okay, what's your prototype? What's your prototypical like? You know, coolest dude out there. I don't know. Like, let's say so that we could get a picture in our mind, right? Is it like uh, you're you're too you're too young for it to be Denzel Washington? But I'm trying no. to get this picture. I don't know oh, if it's like Brad Pitt. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get like no, give us give us give us a name of something that we could like actually work with and Idris Elba. He's okay. Cool. Okay, Idris Elba comes along with his British accent. Yes. Okay, you're you're talking to him. You're getting all googly eyes. Then you right. find out that it's all been in the script and Idris Elba can't shoot. Now what? It's over. I can't. I don't believe I this. No, know. seriously, I can't. You can't help Idris Elba? You're going to leave him out there? You can't help him. I mean, first him. of all, he's already married, so, I mean, that, it well, is what I'm it is, but... I'm saying... Hypothetically. His son. His son. Who, you no, know, who looks... he can't her. shoot. Sorry. There's, no. there's uh, 7 billion... <laughs> there's, like, 3.5 billion men on this planet. I'm going to find uh, Most of them can't shoot. shoot. <laughs> I can find the one that can. Oh, okay. Go ahead, John. Keanu Reeves can shoot. How about him? Who? Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu. 
Um, Keanu's probably too old for her. I don't know if that. Yeah, he's a little above my age range. Yes, I'm only yeah. 28. So. Yeah, she's, she's a baby. She's a baby. She's young. Maybe Michael B. Jordan. He's handsome. Yeah, and if he couldn't shoot, you're still. He's still out. Sorry. Yeah, he's out. Oh, man, that's just not. That's not even cool. That's, that's a cool. minimum requirement. Like that's a basic yeah, but, thing. Yeah, but you could help him get there. Let's say you don't want to train him. You could, if, if, let's say you meet that person, they're into guns, right? But they just, however they grew up or whatever it is, right? Because mm-hmm. I personally can't find it. I can't believe that you don't want to beat, you don't want to beat people in the streets, but you won't, you, if you find the right guy, you're not going to somehow help him, send him to the right instructors or something like that. I mean, I could, but I feel like I see that as a liability. Like you're a liability to my life. Like we're out what? and about and shit hits the fan and like I need backup. You know what I mean? Like you can't have my back. That's a liability. That's one other person I gotta look out for and make sure he doesn't get shot. Like I, I shouldn't okay. have to do that. You know Michael B. Jordan's uh, gonna be playing the new Superman? Is he? Really? Is that did he sign a contract on that? I don't support yeah. that at all. Yeah, I think. Well, I'll tell you something. I think Michael B. Jordan's a really good actor. And uh, he is, but he's not a Superman actor. No, but he could do. I think he could do superheroes and stuff like that. It doesn't have to, you know. Just not Superman. Just make up a new hero. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like the idea of people trying to like force their way into characters based on. Yeah, I don't like that shit either. Based on race and stuff like that. Like we don't. I personally, I just don't think we need a black James Bond or anything like that. Just get just. Uh, yeah, we, I don't know if we need that either. Yeah. Just make a new superhero. Like, yeah, like I would be, I would be happy to see a really badass uh, black female, you know, that's British or whatever. All that of that. That would be pretty awesome. In a movie, it's all great. Yeah. I don't need to see, you know. And I know that actress that that you're talking about, that's good. It's supposed to be the uh, new James Bond. She was in, wasn't she in Captain Marvel or something? I think she was in Captain Marvel. Um, yes. Uh, Monica yeah. Rambo. Yeah, she was in Captain Marvel. Um, I like her. I think you know. I think she's attractive. All that kind of stuff. We don't need to for it to be James Bond. Also, yeah. you know, one of the big things with me about movies, anyway, is if I look at a movie and I could, and and a woman is kicking all these like massive dudes' asses, I just don't believe it. That's another thing I don't believe. So that's I know I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't think no, you can. I, mean, I don't think I you can kick disagree. the ass of someone that's three times bigger than you that easily. I don't disagree. I'm not saying it's impossible because then the women's groups will come and say she said that a woman can never. I'm not saying a woman couldn't, but it's just not realistic in most of those scenarios. But movies aren't realistic yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, not what they're showing. Yeah. You know what they're showing yeah. you. I mean, we got little. First of all, the uh, Daniel Craig that plays James Bond's a little tiny ass dude. He can't kick those big dudes' asses either. Yeah. Yeah, little tiny dude can't do it. It's not gonna happen. Rodney, Talk to, huh? Talking about women uh, competing with men. Did you see that South Park episode where they had Macho Man and he go into like uh he, he uh, you know Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. the character on him and then all of a sudden he starts identifying as a woman to wrestle no i didn't see that but yeah but that's kind of like what we're seeing out there you know i mean that's why i think that's i think if so movies like that where where people are using firearms is different but when you look at those movies so I forgot the name of the movie there's one that came out last year it was did horribly but it was this real bony ass uh, model looking like actress 
and she's in a restaurant kicking all these guys' asses. And not uh, like, I think I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, not one bruise. There's no bruises. There's no right. blood. You know, her hair's still in place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, it sick happens with men's movies. movies, too, like with guys. You know, they're outnumbered 15 to 1, and, you know, they walk away without a scratch. Like, it's all movies. It's just it's yeah. giving people but, a false sense of reality. But we are getting, there's movies that are getting better. Like, okay, John Wick is totally, it's gotten more and more ridiculous as we've gotten, yeah. like, on episode Definitely three, ridiculous. it's more ridiculous. But in the beginning, the John Wick movie was really good to me because he got his yeah. ass soundly. He was he was pretty beaten up. I mean, you can't be you can't be worse off than losing your wife than your dog. You know, yeah. you can't get. And worse he than actually that. ran out of ammo. You know, in some of these action yeah. movies, they have unlimited ammo for some reason. Never have to reload. Not a single malfunction. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Reloads and him clearing malfunctions is probably yeah. the best. Uh, thing yeah. about the job movie it is yeah, yeah it is it's oh, realistic more it's more real i i think the first one is very was very realistic i could kind of go along with it where he was like all bashed up and everything but then the yeah. last one where he fell out of a eight story <laughs> eight story building and actually yeah. hit he fell he what was funny to me is he falls and then he smashes on a rail and bounces off that rail. do you remember that like well, he fell, the, you know they you know yeah, remember you saw the movie. Yeah, and it was out there. Sorry, I'm gonna ruin it for you. Uh, when uh, uh, whatever that dude is, the continental manager, whatever he mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Winston uh, asked his uh, the valet, whatever you want to call him, um, is everything set up before they go to the roof? I think they set up all the awnings and everything because they knew that. Okay. It was, so you're saying they put a rubber railing out there in place of a metal railing? Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw I saw him pretty solidly hit that thing that if I hit it, I'm literally getting cut in two. Two pieces. Quick though, man. Yeah. Yeah. It gets interesting. Yeah, it get it just if you have, have I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I, I watched half of it when uh, Halle okay. Berry's dog got shot, then I was I'm sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. The dog, that's what, it was over for me. But I can't. The dog, the dog was wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah. The dog um, really got his revenge. Oh, okay. So I you're, you're a dog lover. You're, you're I turned the movie off. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. the dog goes up and rips off that guy's dick, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool okay. I should have kept watching. Okay, so you like dogs, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so that's oh, why you couldn't watch it. That, 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 the scene with the two dogs after that, I think yeah. you should go back and watch I think that was, I think that was the best stuff in the movie, and that I don't like Halle Berry really mostly in movies. I can't really think of a movie that I like with Halle Berry except that John Wick movie. She was pretty good in that. I'm not like a super. I like her Halle Berry in like fan. the '90s stuff. What was that movie? Uh, the Elijah or what's the movie? Isaiah. Oh. Uh, where she lost her kid. Yeah, she was like a crackhead or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. movie. I can't look I at stuff like that. I don't like those kind of movies. I don't think she's a good actress. Yeah. I don't she's think she is either. She's pretty, though. Yeah, but, you know, she doesn't have the range, I feel like. She's getting better, and I think she's getting better as she's gotten older here. Yeah. Which sometimes happens, you know? It's, it's awesome. Like, this is what's happened to me. I've just gotten better. Catwoman killed it for me. I was just... Yeah, Catwoman was pretty terrible. Um, yeah. On the subject of movies and everything like that, Rodney Brady said a little while ago, he says 
Uh, Michael B. Jordan can be Black Superman. Have you guys, girls, ever read the alternate universe comics? I did see that there was a Black Superman. I believe there was also a gay Superman in the comics. Um, it, uh, it's the, there's a comic line where like they have all, the, all these alternative universes, and they have all the Supermans come together. Um, okay, I don't like the way you just said that. Battle. Uh, after she said there's a gay Superman, no thank you. I don't want to see <laughs> Superman sausage movies, thank you very much. Oh I think there's too, first of all, there's way too many Superman movies. I don't even want to see any more. <laughs> it was like that with the Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse or something with all the... No, oh, Into the Spider... Yeah, that was good. Oh, you don't, yeah. like, you don't like cartoons, huh? Well, the last Superman is now going to be Wolverine. Uh, so I don't. Confused. I think that's a rumor, man. That's a rumor. He's not actually going to be Superman. I don't think he's going to be I'm going to be the next Superman, so it's going to be me. Okay. And uh, see you guys soon. We've been that. filming. I just didn't want to tell anybody. Okay. All right. Henry uh. Cavill uh, just uh, <laughs> basically, uh, I think it was uh, Entertainment Weekly, just reported mm -hmm. that he just signed a contract to play Wolverine. Oh, he did? Yeah. Henry, Henry Cavill? Cavill? The last Superman to play Man okay. of Steel. Yeah, the guy oh. that's playing Superman. Yeah, he was in The Witcher. You know, save a coin for your Witcher. You probably didn't look at Witcher. You're not into nerdy stuff, are you? I don't think that's okay. nerdy. I think okay. DC Comics is pretty mainstream these days. Maybe okay. 20 years ago it was nerdy. Yeah. I look, I like... Dream. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Sorry, I cut Same. you off. Or that was, if you find that neither one... They were just removing neither one were true, so stop ruining my dream. Oh. Um... <laughs> I think Witcher Witcher was good even though I never played the video games or anything like that. It was actually good. They're awesome. Yeah. I don't like there's I liked uh, Henry Cavill. He was in Mission Impossible. Did you see the last Mission Impossible? No. No, you didn't see it? Okay, that was pretty good. That was a good. That was a good movie. If you like action movies and stuff like that. One thing with Tom Cruise, he's doing pretty good with the Mission Impossible franchise, although there's definitely ridiculousness. It's too many. I'm so yeah. lost. I have to start over. Yeah. It's like Fast and the Furious. That's gone off the rails. It's, I, it's too much. They should have stopped at five and just left it there. Yeah. I'm a car guy, but it's, yeah, it's gone off the it's rails. It's not about so. the cars anymore. They're yeah. action. They're superheroes and action heroes now. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what really makes me upset about Fast and Furious? What? At the end, uh, they showed... Uh, Jason Statham character kills Han, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden he's buddy buddy with everyone, you know. They're like all like you know having a party together and stuff. It's like, dude, that dude just killed your that dude killed your friend. Are yeah. you? Yes, agreed. That's like, because because you 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 first come in there by being a bad guy and then and then all yeah. of a sudden you're a good guy. You again. turn good. That's the that's the formula yeah. for Fast and the Furious. Yeah, yeah, let's just let's just stay let's just stay good guys and bad guys. And you know what? They could have made uh, Fast and the Furious. First of all, I, I honestly don't think that uh, they've got that much imagination. But they could have made Fast and Furious pretty good if they ran it kind of like G.I. Joe. Now, G.I. Joe, the movies that came out sucked. They were horrible. But oh, I like that movie. Really? I don't. Well, the, the show was before my time, so. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So yeah, you never. I grew up in the action eighties. Yeah, yeah. So I I had the action figures. The I had the bootleg ones. I couldn't afford the real ones, but, you know, the cartoon and everything was good. But I think there was an opportunity there to just stay like good guys and bad guys, 
and everyone's got badass cars, you know. So, go ahead, John. I know you got to weigh in on this. Yeah, uh, no, you're talking about G.I. Joe. The thing I don't like about the G.I. Joe movies is they were carrying Glocks, and every time they pulled a Glock out, you could hear the hamper go back. That's every movie ever and every TV show ever. (laughs) I don't know what it is with Hollywood. They don't know how actual firearms work. They need a lesson. There's some, there's, uh, sometimes they get it right, but a lot of times they don't, yeah. And we've Have you watched Law and Order? Wrong, uh, all the no, time. I don't, yeah, I don't even watch that. But And we've had some guys, we've had someone on the show that works at Hollywood, Hollywood movie prop houses, and they have consultants and all that kind of stuff. The problem is they don't listen to them. It's just like you're talking about reloading. For a long time, the reason why you don't see anyone reloading in a movie, because that's just not sexy. We don't have time it for that. It is sexy. What do you mean? I, I, no, I agree with you. Keanu proved that, that it's sexy to do reloads. Okay, he's not really the first one. There was other people doing movies and there was reloads and stuff like I that. I think in The Matrix they did a reload. I remember. I can't remember which one. Uh, the Matrix didn't have a, I don't know. I don't. There was a point where he was fighting one of the guys and he was like, you're out, you're out. Oh, no, they just dropped the guns and started hand fighting. That's what yeah. happened. But they yeah. did run out of ammo. Yeah. Uh, Yannick Stoner says my dog is named Squirrel. He's just throwing it out there. You know. Good to know. You said you like dogs. I'm assuming that's why he put that out there. Oh, yes. Yeah. What kind of so. dog is it? Ask the guy what, what yeah. kind of what dog kind? is it. Do you have specific kinds of dogs it has to be now? No, no. I just okay. like dogs. I had a chow. I lost my chow okay. in the divorce. So. Oh. oh, okay. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, American Freedom Outdoors wants to know what we think of Punisher on Netflix. Um, I haven't seen it. I, it was, I, I like the first season. The second mm-hmm. season was great because the first season he ends and he's like in like a. Well, after the second season came out, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But the first season he ends up and he's like in this like uh, PTSD support group. I'm like, dude, that's not the Punisher. He would never go there. But at the end of the second season, um, he's like full blown, you know, you know, the mm-hmm. Punisher. Who he really is, and Frank Castle was his act, basically. Yeah. He's like, okay. I, I'm kill everyone. I don't like those. I didn't like any of those um, DC comic book things that they had. I didn't like any of them. Yeah. I, I especially like didn't. Huh? Marvel? I didn't like any of those Netflix shows, the superhero shows that they yeah. have on Netflix. Any of them were yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I didn't Who like you guys. They, were all, they all sucked. Um, there no, was they, one. What was the? There was one that took place in Harlem. That was just the most oh, horrible thing yes, I ever saw uh, in my life. Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. The that first was horrible. season was interesting, but the second season was garbage. They just—it it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't watch that stuff. Uh, Florida Gun says Punisher was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't seen it. I gotta watch yeah. it. Yeah, I hope that the stuff coming out. Uh, what about the Mandalorian? What do you think about the Mandalorian? That's freaking great. Never seen it. You never saw the Mandalorian. Okay, not a nerd. I'm too busy these days to watch TV. Like, There's I always time for the Mandalorian, woman. Mandalorian. Wake up, go to work, come home, eat, and go to sleep every you, day. You could be on the range training and watching the Mandalorian. It's possible. That's you not responsible. TV here in one eye. You can do you know, <laughs> this eye. It's good training. Then you could switch. Just oh. Because. Maybe the audio version on the way to work. <laughs> of any movie. Yeah. Got to give up your gun. Tim Davis says, not even Daredevil. Daredevil, I could never watch. Never. No, I could never that watch was, that. The Daredevil on Netflix is horrible. 
What? I could yeah. never watch well, it, man. There's dude standing five feet away from him with a machine gun shooting at him and missing. Then he's, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kill anyone. So he beats them to death. He doesn't yeah. want to use guns, so he beats the people to death. That's way better, of course. He, he yeah. doesn't you know, beat them to death. He just beats them. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they go commit die. more crimes, which yeah. proves that beating people doesn't work. No, because you know what? He didn't give them lashes. I'm telling you. <laughs> you people just don't understand what lashes do. You guys are too young to understand the power of lashes. You know, I mean, you missed out on that in your generation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I carry my revolver in single. Okay, we're going to go a little bit long here because we had to restart. I carry my revolver in single action says, she don't know about Baby Yoda? You don't know about Baby Yoda, huh? No, I don't know about Baby Yoda. Oh, okay, Dude, I, my, I ordered the, uh, I pre-ordered the Baby Yoda Funko Pop. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen the meme, but I don't understand don't the reference. You don't know the power of Baby Yoda. I'll tell you what, if you look into the eyes of Baby Yoda, you will get married to Baby Yoda, even if he's not good at shooting. I promise Interesting. you. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I promise you. Try it out. Go look at no. the go look at the Mandalorian and then let me know if you if if I'm wrong after you take a look at that. Jake oh, Delahome. Baby, huh? baby Yoda can be a medic. Baby Yoda can heal like wounds. There you go. So. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with the uh, medic. That's cool. That Baby Yoda could still save you. He could still save you. Unlike the, the theoretical boyfriend you were talking about that would not be able to save you, not just by power of force healing or whatever nonsense they invented there. He, had pick, he would be able to pick up the guy like, ah. Yeah, he's got some other powers. I, I could deal with that. That yeah. works. He's got some other powers. He could use a sword or a lightsaber. Is he over six feet? No, Baby Yoda's no, little. No. That's not I don't think work. he's over. I don't think he's over one and a half feet. <laughs> Work. Yeah, it's not over that. Um, there will be, how much you guys want to bet there'll be a rapper named Lil Baby Yoda? <laughs> it's going to happen. All the rappers, yeah, all the rappers in this generation are named Little Something. So what is the deal with that, man? I don't know what the deal is. I, I think it's stupid. Like, why can't you just be your name? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Um, it's, I guess it's for, for search engine optimization or something. I have no clue. Um, okay, Jake Delahome says The Boys on Prime Video is a fun watch. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I do have Prime. I haven't seen it. Yeah, The Boys is fun. It's like a, it's kind of like a dark superhero thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the, uh, I, I like the Prime Video. I didn't like the comic. Oh, okay. He didn't like. I never read the comic. Okay, so real quick before we wrap up here, I want to do this. I got some T-shirts from. I got actually this T-shirt. From Big Dre three five seven. I know he wants to come on the show, so there he goes. I'm giving him a shout out for sending me this oh, really awesome. cool. We can see the white part of the T-shirt. You can see what? You held it up, and all we can see is the white part. Oh, I oh. see it now. Yeah, yeah you should yeah. be able to see it. Uh, there we go. Okay. All right. So there you go. That's a pretty cool logo. Yeah. So that's his logo, and then he sent a shirt for Lola, which I will open up here. Very dainty. It's like an African-themed shirt. Look at that. That's oh, yeah, Nef that's dope. That's Nefertiri that, or something like, right there. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. So there you go. I don't know what happened to her eyeballs. I think right now she's summoning her powers or something like that. Oh, okay. I'm with it. Maybe yeah, she's so. like Storm from the X-Men. Like yeah, Storm. something, <laughs> something Storm like that. And uh, when she caught, uh, I'm getting too nerdy. Yeah, yeah, please. Don't, don't, yeah. 
Let's not give all the nerdiness up right now. Okay, so let's do this here as we're wrapping up. Um, John, tell the folks out there how they could keep in touch with you, follow you, support what you're doing with GOA and MLN News. I find me at Amaland. It's go to contributors, and I'm under there. Or you can follow me on social media at Real John Crump on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and be sure to go to gunowners.org and sign up. Yeah. Also, don't forget the Gunathon. Gunathon's going down soon. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be really, really cool. I heard good. Kevin Dixie is going to be there. Yeah, yeah Katie will be there. Yeah. He, he's, he's speaking. Yeah. yeah. Ten Military Arms Channel, Iraq Vet 888, you know, Eric yeah. from there. Hank's going to be there. Yep. Or, or Jason David Frank, the Green Power Ranger, will be there. Yeah. Okay. Green Power Ranger. That's Are you going to be awesome. there? Are you going to be there? It's in April, right? Yeah. April 20. Saturday, April. I'll be teaching a class in Atlanta. Okay. All right. Understood. Understood. But I'll be there in spirit. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell the folks out there how they can follow you, keep up with you, where are the good places to on social media and all of that with uh, USCCA. So on Instagram, I'm My Sister's Keeper Defense. On Facebook, I am still Trigger Happy Firearm Instruction. They won't let me change my name for some reason. It's really weird. Um, but uh, the website is MySistersKeeperDefense.com. You can see all of my classes there. And, um, yeah, Atlanta, Maryland, and we'll be coming to Dallas soon. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So um, I want to I wanna just uh, thank Tig for coming on here. And, uh, you know, Thanks I, I, thought, I thought it was fun. I don't know. What do you think? Did you have fun? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was, it was cool fun. talking to you and John. Absolutely. Cool talking yeah. to you, too. Yeah. Same, John, John was also fun, you know. Um, the, yes, absolutely. We'll get a chance to do this again. Maybe next time around, you guys will be more open to lashes and stuff like that. You'll see the error of your ways, I'm sure. And, you know, you'll come to understand why well, a little bit of lashes, at least. A little bit of lashes are good for everyone. So, no, no. At all. Okay, so <laughs> here's what I want to do before I, I'm going to actually end it here. Everyone stay right there. I'm going to play the end and I'm going to come back and say something. Make sure that you guys subscribe to the channel here. Ring the bell, of course, so you can be notified every time we go live. Leave your comments and all that kind of stuff. You can find us on audio if you listen to audiobooks and wherever you listen, just search Hank Strange or Who Moved My Freedom Podcast, WMMF Podcast, and you'll find us. Of course, go to HankStrange.com to find that. To You know, if you want to play it, we've got it on HankStrange.com. Um, you can also sign up for our email list, find links to all the different ways you can support us. Uh, we're also on Ballistic Inc. Go get yourself a t-shirt. We've got the Gun Nerd t-shirt, the Lot Lau t-shirt we've got um also another one that is uh you know a warning a lead exposure highly likely if you get the double entendre of that you know so we've got some cool t-shirts there and we'll have others i do want to thank uh tig for coming by she's been a lot of fun thanks for having me great having you also you john you know I'm, I'm i know sure. you're over there you look like you're over there writing another story we'll find out what uh, oh you oh really really yeah 
Seriously, John, that's just terrible. But I, no. I expect nothing less from you. No, I baited you into that. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> uh, everyone says thank you. You were great on the show. Please uh, come back again. You, John, I don't know about you, man. I don't know what we're going to do with you. So anyway, we're out of here. Everyone be safe. Have a great weekend. Thanks to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the show. Take final words before I hit the button. Um, if you want to date me, you need to qualify. You need to go get yeah. in a range, practice, yeah. go take a class. Yeah. And get then maybe I'll up. consider it. Get your skills up. Don't even eat. Huh? And I will be, I'll be, I will be releasing web videos for $25 a video on how to qualify so go ahead. <laughs> okay, this is a money-making opportunity for you. You're terrible, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, get your skills up, guys. Though I mean, listen, that's not a lot to ask, actually. Yeah, take a USCCA yeah. class. I'm just yeah, saying, shameless plug. Yes, yeah. we can't we can't get out of here without shouting out everyone from USCCA. All right, we're out of here. Yeah. See you guys. Peace. Bye.